We have to understand that gold and silver was money before cash was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it has been for millennia. And we also understand that gold, for example, has retained its value. A top suit now would be roughly an an ounce worth of gold, which was the same Same as the Romans, right? With with a toga, or if you look at you know the cost of a cow, whatever it might be. We're going from the gold standard to paper to now digital. For me, the way that the whole world changed in such a short space of time was. a major eye opener but again even that didn't happen overnight it kind of didn't it kind of didn't yeah but like the things that were put into place and then people you know yeah it took it took a little bit of time yeah um so you know ultimately if people feel that it's imminent then get your gold delivered when you when you Mm. when you buy it straight away people need to understand that actually leaving their, their their money in the bank not only does it devalue because of inflation but there is also a risk of potentially if there was a banking collapse. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Hamza Al-Masibi. I'm a CEO and co-founder of a company called Minted. We're based here in the UK uh, and hold uh, an FCA license for e-money. Uh, we're essentially a platform that allows uh, people to be able to trade in precious metals. And our goal is to make the buying of gold, silver, and other precious metals simple, safe, and more affordable. Um, we are now, alhamdulillah, expanded into a variety of different countries and we've also just recently uh, launched our B2B offering, which we're very excited about. How did you meet your um, partners? Um, so we actually were involved in, in previous um, okay. business uh, ventures. So, okay. so you've got a bond with each other. Yeah, and we understood each other's strengths and you know what value each can, can add. Okay. Um, and if, you, if you've got a big vision and you want to build something, uh, it's very difficult to do on your own, and it's yeah, very yeah. important to surround yourself with people that buy into that vision and also can contribute effectively. Mm. Um, I I don't know any business that's successful that doesn't have a decent partnership. Um, partnerships is something that I've really struggled with because I've never been able to find a partner that I that I um, the values are the same and the effort and the energy yeah. and everything else matches up. You you feel like it's like that when you're in there. It's a lot like a marriage. I used to say that to my previous partner, business partner. Mm-hmm. He just used to laugh at me. But I always say that partnerships and the partnerships part of the sunlight is the thing that they say that if, if you've got a healthy partnership, that's what brings the risk in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're lucky to have found... Alhamdulillah. And, I mean, <clears throat> I've been involved in other ventures before and had other partners and okay. things like this. But um, you've just got to really assess what it is you're trying to achieve and who would be the best fit. Okay. Um, ideally from people that you've worked with before. Because you know, you know the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, like you know, you yeah. you know people in in you know whether you've travelled with them, whether you've done business with them, things mm. like this, right? So uh, I think obviously um, trust is a key thing, mm. but sometimes you've got very sincere, trustworthy people, but they don't have the skill set and the capability, yeah. mm. uh, and sometimes you've got the capability, but at the same time your values are not aligned. So and a lot to, of the times they don't have either, but they create the illusion that they have both. You yeah, get a lot of that, yeah, especially yeah. unfortunately, especially in the Muslim community, there's a lot of that. I think it's just general, but we say the Muslim community because we've got experience working with the Muslim community, right? But you'll find that, uh, you know, across yeah, the board, true. just go onto LinkedIn and you find how many people will, uh, you know, uh, a lot of it's full of hot air and uh, mm. yeah. masquerading. And so, uh, how, how is this, yeah, so this is the question that I've got for you about LinkedIn, right? Because because um, you were saying to me earlier about LinkedIn, that, yeah. that you know, because I know LinkedIn's very kind of B2B, the kind of, <coughs> it's more kind of serious conversations, Instagram's kind of Instagram, TikTok is kind of more kind of fashion or kind of yeah, just the yeah. you know. 
but I just, I, I just, it just honestly gives me a nausea kind of feeling in my stomach when I go on LinkedIn. Just feel so nauseous with it. I don't know why. Okay. It's the pretense. It's, it's the, yeah. I know there's pretense on TikTok and Instagram as well. But it's a different kind of pretense. It is, yeah. Um, it's kind this of more is, exhibitionism on Instagram. Yeah, and lifestyle yeah. orientated. Here, it's more about um, showcasing, you know, your skills, capabilities, experience. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people do that in the hope that they can connect, you know, and maybe get their next move up the ladder. Yeah. Um, the reality is you have to sell yourself and, yeah. and, and your I capabilities, right? Um, and some people... There are, you know, there's levels, right? So some people just take it to a completely I mean, level. most people take it too far. <clears throat> but, you know, out of all the platforms that, you know, that, that I've um, used in the past, in terms of being able to um, really kind of consume valuable information related to whatever field that you're focusing on um, and also connect with industry leaders. Yeah. It's unparalleled. Um, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there is a lot of value there. Um, so there is the element that you mentioned, but there's a lot of um, positive as well. Um, and I think just generally, if you're looking to connect with influential people within any kind of industry or learn about a new industry, um, you, you're able to follow those people. And then the recommendations that it makes and, um, you know, I, I think that also helps you find what you're looking for, who you're looking for. Mm. Um, so that, that I, is useful. I found Twitter to be way better for that. Way, way better. Yeah, Um Every platform has its pros and its cons. Yeah. This is why they've all got, you know, the user bases that they have. I, I just think on a professional uh, level, no, the kind of LinkedIn has carved its niche out there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think I know how to use it. I just, I don't know. I've just got this mental block with LinkedIn. I don't know what it is. I just feel like it's too corporate, too something. But I know a lot of people, they, they, it, it, it really works for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I can run you through it maybe after yeah, this. Yeah, I, do, I don't think it's um, I, I don't think it's a case of um, you know, not knowing how to use the platform as in, in terms of what buttons to press and where to click and all of yeah. that. I think it's just it's it's uh, it's just a mental kind of block. It's just what it how it makes me feel, yeah. and I just can't get over it. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, like how it, how have you been able to get? Over I mean, to be honest with you, um, I think the feeling is mirrored in the corporate world. You know, I used to go into the city center where okay. I used to work for an international right. law firm. And okay, okay. you see people, you know, in, in the morning and everyone's just putting on a facade. And yeah. that that feeling, I, I know what, what you're talking about. This is just taking it virtually, yeah. right? Yeah, so that, that, that's exactly what I have an allergic reaction to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that is just an element of the platform. Okay. Um, so you're so saying there is something behind absolutely. the Absolutely, there, there, there is substance there. Because all I get is all I get is uh, spam every day. I got people inbox messaging me, making stuff up about how they can change my life, and they, and I know they can't. And um, you know, and uh, making a, a lot of that's actually um, automated. So yeah. there are yeah, tools. No. You know who? You know who was one of the first uh, people in this country to automate that process. Really? Yeah, I've got um, I've got previous employees that they don't work for me now. I actually created an entire system when this and and I was automating sending sales messages out. So if you want to blame anybody for LinkedIn spam, you can actually blame me because I was actually one of the people that started it, <laughs> yeah, especially in the UK. Um, we were selling consulting services on there, so we were inboxing people and stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, the value proposition that we had was not that great. Otherwise, we would have had amazing success from there. Mm-hmm. I remember when I showed it to my, because I had an intern that was going to do that work. And when I showed it to him what we were going to do, he was just like, 
oh my god how have you figured the system out because the tools weren't even available we had to kind of had to wing i had to kind of wing it together to make it work i was doing this in mid 2017 wow no there's yeah. there's there are some yeah. incredible tools yeah. and you'd be surprised That'll just come out in the last couple of years how much information you can get yeah on the company yeah, yeah, on yeah. individuals yeah and yeah i know it's, I know. it's we crazy were doing data extraction and everything and we were automating all the targeting but thing is because i've been in that industry i know i know that i know the inbox messages that i'm getting because thing is i will get somebody that will read my book they will message me and i know this isn't this is an actual authentic message yeah. so i just read your book or i really um i just wanted to connect with you but the rest of them it's just all kind of cliched just selling stuff cookie cutter yeah, yeah very most. templated you know yeah and you can tell even when they're kind of putting on a front just oh i just wanted to connect with you get to know you and then people don't just connect yeah so that's no the reason. thing that really yeah. how, how are you getting past all of that um in most cases i I'll decide whether to open the message or not. Okay. If based on the the starting, I can pretty much tell you know whether okay. this is someone trying to just sell me something. And also, I take a look at you know just headline mm. what company they're from or okay. what their position is and stuff like that. And, and a lot of the times, it will be like business development guys that just want to sell okay. you stuff or marketing yeah. or yeah. Um, some tech company based somewhere in the far east that wants to build your next app or whatever it might yeah. be. So, yeah. You just learn to kind of filter it out. And, but are you, are, you, are you finding it to be a good platform if you want to put information out there about your own company? Do you find it? Because I, know, I yeah. know there's a lot of people on LinkedIn now, you know, they're putting a single post up and they're getting loads of comments. And yeah. How do you think? Because the thing is, I, I'm doing a lot of talking about like macroeconomy, right? I'm talking about this, <coughs> this coming economic collapse. I'm talking about banking crisis. I'm talking about how we should move away from fiat currency and into gold and silver. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about like these kind of things. Do you think do you think there's room for that on LinkedIn? I kind of feel like there isn't, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I think as long, I mean, people are entitled to their own opinions as long as you can substantiate. Yeah, any substantiate kind of I can. But do you think LinkedIn is a platform to, that you can be having that conversation? Um, I have seen conversations like this um, cropping up. Uh, it's uh, you'll always have people for and against, okay, and there'll always be people that are opinionated and 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 respond to your um you know. So I think just if you, if you're gonna post anything on LinkedIn, um, prepare for people to weigh in with their own opinions. Yeah, and, that I don't. Have and then you need to respond yeah. Yeah, to yeah. that. Um, kind, yeah. so so you need to be I a just little more active. I, I think it, I think everything seems to be about a pulse. I understand the pulse on Facebook. I can further refine that if I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand the pulse on Instagram to an extent. Twitter, I don't understand the pulse when it comes to posting, but I understand if I want to find somebody, I want to learn from somebody, I understand that on Twitter. LinkedIn, I don't understand the pulse, and a lot of it's just because of my, I'm not allowing myself because of my allergic reaction to it. You know, I'm not getting there. Maybe, yeah, I guess it will come with time and a bit more experience, but you've got to break that. This is not going to happen. I've been trying for the last five years. It's just not going to work, I don't think. It's just not going to happen. But, okay, I do want to talk to you about um, economy and stuff like that. Do you, because you're kind of, I know, because you and I had this conversation, what, about three or four years ago, right? I know you have, you did have the intention, the whole reason why you went into uh, supplying gold and everything was because you, correct me if I'm wrong, you did want to go back to like the sunna and you wanted to go back to kind of, you know, God's money and, and sell something that, is that true? Am I yeah, right? So, so the vision was, I mean, you know, Minted, we specifically chose a generic name because yeah. uh, it's not just for a particular audience. Yeah. Um, what we wanted to do was to be able to make um, investing and holding and, and, and trading in physical assets 
safer, simpler, and more affordable. Okay. For everyone. And physical assets, is that only gold and silver? or is No, it... so our vision was to fractionalize other assets as well. Okay, um, such as? Uh, it could be anything, you know, it could be property, for example. Okay. It could be a range of different metals. Okay. It could be okay. anything physical potentially could be fractionalized. When uh, you say fractionalized? So, for example, let's just say right now you own, uh, you may own a, gr- a gram in yeah. a kilo bar. Yeah. That kilo bar has been fractionalized, okay. so multiple people have a stake in, oh, a, a, you. A, you know, partial ownership. Um, in the same way, you're seeing many different assets that have been um, tokenized, fractionalized, um, to be able to make it more accessible to people, more affordable to people. Um, and I think just the more people diversify, uh, many people, for example, don't invest wisely. Uh, and I'm not here to give um, you know no, investment you advice, you but <laughs> I'm not allowed. But, <laughs> yeah. separate, um, but what I'm saying is like a lot of people don't actually diversify um, their portfolio and they don't actually understand, many people don't understand um, how inflation devalues the money that they do have saved. Yeah. Um, so they'll just think, okay, you know, fifty thousand pounds in the bank yeah. is still fifty thousand pounds. Yes, the balance is still fifty thousand. Yeah. But what that fifty thousand can buy you now has has you know lost five thousand pounds over the last year, for example. In terms of right? purchasing power. In terms of purchasing power. So this, so I've I've literally just had two at the time of this recording. I've literally had two videos <clears> that have come out. One which was talking about inflation, explain the entire thing, Very and important. then another one which was if we want to get away from inflation, we have to talk about gold. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I said in that second video, uh, um, uh, I've basically said that I, I'm actually I've got I don't know if, if you're having this issue issue, but I've gotten to the point where when I talk, when I say to people, we have inflation, the conversations always we've got inflation because we've had this global event and we've supply chain and blah, blah, blah and all this. Mm-hmm. And then the second conversation after that, when you say we need to to get away from inflation, we need to move to gold and silver. I always get irrational arguments back. And I start my personal opinion. What I've started to realize is we are Stockholm syndromed by the current banking system. Like we're so bought into it, it's like apparent to us that to to have this conversation about breaking away from it is just too. It's too stressful. It's too traumatic. And there's also this concept of fashion as well. I think first and foremost, there's an issue um, with the educational system yeah. and financial literacy. Mm. Um, people don't understand money, and they're never taught that. Um, and I think that the beginning of everything starts there. Yeah. So people need to understand, um, you know, the ABCs of, of investing, the importance of, um, you know, investing and diversifying, you know, your portfolio and not putting all of your eggs in one basket, things like this. So like even with crypto and stuff like this, a lot of people lost a lot of money um, because, you know, they put all of or a large chunk of what they had into this next big coin that that ended up, you know, um, just going into the red and so on. Same thing with stocks. So with anything, it's it's not a good idea to put all of your eggs in one basket. There are macro uh, economic factors and and many factors that are outside of your control um, that can uh, impact that investment and uh, mean that you're losing money, right? So you spread the risk by putting it into different asset classes. Um, even if it's a little bit, you know, at least you're spreading the risk and. and, and but t- tell me about like what what do you think is the primary cause of inflation? Well, I think um, quantitative easing. Okay, definitely. what is that for the layman? What is that? So quantitative easing, in effect, is basically just printing more money, more yeah. notes, um, putting that into the economy. Yeah. Um, but why does that do- see this? Is, I've been asked this question. Why is it that when you print more notes, 
you print more currency. So if you've got if you've got a, a billion dollars in circulation, and you print another say a hundred million dollars, why does that devalue each dollar? What's the reason for that? So uh, there, there's a larger conversation here, yeah. right? And um, I mean, initially we you know. The the notes that we had, I, I don't know if you remember the older notes where it would say, I promise to pay the bearer yeah, the sum of... It doesn't say that anymore. It doesn't say that anymore. Yeah. And even when it did say that, um, there was, you know, we were backed with a gold standard before. So yeah. in effect, there was gold backing the notes that you had. It was just a an easier way to um, to trade and at the same time safer. So you didn't have to, you know, risk your gold being taken by highway mm. men and so on mm. and so forth. And then <clears throat> after the Bretton Woods agreement, and people can take a look at that separately... Um, you know, th- things started to shift to what is today, you know, the modern kind of banking um, uh, system, the fractional reserve system. Now, uh, if you're releasing, obviously, more notes, what is there that's that's backing those, those notes right now? Paper. It's just paper. It's literally more paper, right? Okay. Um, uh, and it's, uh, you know, ultimately... We're just—it's crazy how how we're spending hours of our lives for this piece of paper that was just, you know, miraculously just printed or, or you know been decided to to you know the chancellor or whoever it might be decided to release another billions worth or whatever it might. And suddenly, be. the money that you had in the bank is worth less. Exactly because it has less power exactly. to purchase. Yeah, and and look, I mean, the the, the Bank of England, for example, they have a, a target inflation rate of I think about between two and three percent, which obviously. This this year's you know far exceeded that. The official um, inflation rate is I think it was like ten point. It's slowed down a little bit now, but that doesn't mean that things have got cheaper. This is the key thing. It just means the rate of inflation has slowed down. The acceleration is that's less, right. Yeah. yeah. So for example, okay, if over the last year the inflation was ten percent, let's just say, and now it's 2%. and now it's eight percent. Yeah. It just means that things are getting more expensive, but at a slightly slower pace. Yeah, they're not gonna get they're not getting expensive as fast as they would have done. That's all it means. Absolutely. Yeah. So um so ultimately, like you know, even if they stuck to the two to three percent. There's just a matter of time before, you know, the value of that currency just keeps going down and down and down mm. and you need a lot more of it. And then you end up with situations like Venezuela where you're, you know, all... Do you, your a personal opinion, Everybody, a lot of people know my personal opinion, but your personal opinion, do you think we're headed towards an all-out economic collapse in the West? Or are you not at liberty to say, I really like your jacket, by the way, <laughs> and your shirt. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that major banks have collapsed despite all the regulation mm. and all the controls and everything mm. that are in place goes to show that it's not a, a fail-proof system. Mm. Um, however, uh, obviously there is a lot to lose, um, you know, if such a... Uh, so we can see, for example, with, with the recent banking collapses, right? The government moved very fast to stem the effect of that and bailed out, you know, uh, other banks... So that it doesn't have a domino effect. So we can see from the reactions initially that, you know, um, governments and central banks are obviously going to take whatever uh, steps they can in order to limit any kind of um, damage that that could do. So, you know, is there going to be an imminent collapse that's going to happen very easily and without any kind of, um, you know, resistance or countermeasures? I don't believe so. But is it possible? And, And over a period of time, because of a... A flawed system from the from from the onset um, will it ultimately lead to uh, a shift in the way that the banking system works and things like this? Well, I mean, we're already seeing a shift, for example, uh, with the uh, um, 
the digital pound, let's just say, right? So we're going from the gold standard to paper to now digital. So there's already shifts that are happening. Um, but that doesn't kind of, um, it's just a different format, isn't it? But ultimately, it's still the same kind of banking system that's there. Um, and without uh, real substance behind it, I think ultimately every bubble bursts at some point. Um, what the alternative is, those are questions that, you know, need kind of... Um, to What's be your opinion into. on those? What is the alternative? <clears throat> I think, look, I mean, I'm hearing many different kind of alternatives being banded. And I think conceptually speaking, an idea might sound good. But we need to also think practically, how can we implement something like this? Um, and I think this is where a lot of people don't buy into something because they they don't see the the practicality you know when you talked about stock stockholm syndrome i don't think it's the fact that they sympathize i think it's just it's because it's the only thing they understand yeah i mean okay i'm i'm trying to find stock when i use the term stockholm syndrome i'm trying to find a term that that is the closest match the yeah. the thing that i'm saying is um this economic system that we live in right now is only only i know this sounds bizarre to say it this way but it's only 100 years old Right. I know the Bank of England started in 1694 or whatever it was, but the economic system that we live in now is about 100 years old. The way that we live our lives now, compared to the 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4, 5, 6,000 years that came before it, was actually very different. We we think that this is what life is, when in fact, what life actually was, was what came 100 years before. And this system is very new. In, in the history of civilization, you look at the entire timeline, mm-hmm. we're, what we're living in right now, this a banking system, paper money, uh, you know, paying for stuff, uh, you, you know, having to deal with the effects of inflation, um, house prices constantly going up, you know, millennials not being able to, new kids not being able to buy houses. This is yeah. all new. This is all, yeah. and, and it's not even for that, the effects that we're seeing of this, this is less than 20 or 30 years, yeah. which is a tiny, tiny little blip on the history of civilization. All the yeah. civilizations that came before us, or the majority of them, they had their issues, slavery and, um, you know, um, uh, you know, pillaging and, and everything else, the famine or everything else to go with it. But what we're dealing with here is actually very new and is actually a tiny blip on the timeline. So my argument with people is, let's go back to the way that civilization was before it. But the, the, and then the, the issue that you always get with that is, well, it's impractical. You can't, well, how am I going to send money? How am I going to send money to, to Australia tomorrow? It's out in the UK. Well, you can figure all of that out. I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying break away from technology. I'm not saying stop using technology. I'm saying the model that was in place, that's what we need to go back yeah. to. I mean, look, we have to understand that gold and silver was money before cash was that's money, what i'm saying right? yeah and it has been for millennia like yeah. you know it, it, that that that's a fact and we also understand that gold for example has retained its value so you know for example to buy a, you know a, a top suit now would be roughly an, an ounce worth of gold which was the same the same with the romans right yeah. with with a toga or if yeah. you look at you know the cost of a cow whatever it might be it's there or thereabouts <laughs> right however obviously the cost of anything in cash if you just go back 50 years ago including gold for example right you know there's a huge disparity there um and and a massive difference obviously because um because of the devaluation of of, of currency so i think um having some substance that's backing your banking system i think is key 
because the stuff's um, just made out of thin air, right? The money is in just, this case just the, it's vacuous. What is yeah? Other the, than like, what's it? What's the difference between a ten pound note and a twenty pound note, or a ten ten dollar note and a twenty dollar note? It's just they're just two pieces of paper. It's just different ink. Yeah, and it's 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 the thing. That's, what do you, what do you say to somebody that says to you, yeah, but you can't buy gold, you can't eat it? I've had I've had people say things like this to me. You can't buy it and eat gold. I'm like yeah, but you can't eat the piece of paper either. I was just about to say. <laughs> like, I was just what, about that's to what say I mean, that. Look, it's it's a, it's a medium of exchange that's accepted by the people, right? The moment that people don't accept that anymore or see it as a as a exchange of value, yeah, that's the moment that everything collapses. Yeah. So in this case, but that doesn't happen to gold though. No, it doesn't. Um, gold obviously has uh, an intrinsic value in yeah. its own right, and yeah. it's a finite resource. You can't yeah. print more of it. Yeah. Um, so that scarcity and its functional um, uh, and physical attributes yeah. give it value. Yeah. Right. So um, you know, even but if people say, "What do you mean by intrinsic value?" Because I've had, I've, I've even had this conversation with people. Say, okay, but what's the intrinsic value on a ten-pound note? What's intrinsic? I mean, between the two of them. The intrinsic value between a ten pound note and twenty pound note, there's, there's no, they're both pieces yeah. of paper, yeah. and what, especially the stuff that's in your bank account, <clears throat> to go from to say one thousand on your account to say then to say two thousand, where's the increase in intrinsic value? There is no increase. Yeah, yeah. But to have one bar of gold and then to have another bar of gold is actual tangible increase. It is a tangible inca- increase, and then also you know with gold it has its like you could make jewelry out of it, for yeah. example, right? It's yeah. used in electrical components. Yeah. It has. It has value in its own right. Yeah. So you can do so, as well as a, a medium of exchange. It's also um, something that that has value within itself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the key thing here. Um, however, for any, I mean, look, there, there are already um, tech, technology solutions that kind of use gold as uh, an underlying um, medium or value exchange of value. Uh, there are cards that you can spend your gold holdings on. Um, you know, there are already a, a bunch of solutions that are out there. They haven't seen a massive uptake, you know, in, in, in the mainstream, right? Yeah. But <laughs> what they do allow you to do is to fuse, is to basically bring the latest technologies with the oldest commodities, yeah. right? To be able best to... Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. And I think any kind of solution needs to uh, factor in technology and also the convenience side of things. So look, why did people initially... Uh, accept to move away from exchanging coins and and bars to paper it was because it was safer it was more convenient right so you need to take the element of convenience but i'm not saying take the convenience away i'm not saying that at all yeah so the problem is that you say when you say to people let's go back to gold and silver they immediately think you what you're saying to me is i can no longer have uh i can no i can you know you're taking all the convenience i'm not saying that at all this conversation is actually incredibly important because this affects everything, you know. If people people are having to work harder and harder. If the guy, the man of the house, for example, because people are always banging on about the man's protector and provider and everything, these debates are running. Mm-hmm. But if he has to work harder and harder, he's spending less and less time with his wife. He's spending less time with his children. He, you know, if the wife then has to work, she's not able to mother and nurture the child. Right, that entire family unit is breaking, and then that has second, third, fourth order effects. Yeah. Uh, the way that the terbiya of the child what you can do for the child in terms of nourish and nurture, the emotional aspects of all of that, the, the relationship between the husband, it, it affects the entire family unit. This is the root cause of it all, right? Mm-hmm. But not being able to have that conversation openly, especially on social media, is a problem. 
because we can't have that conversation. You know, the, the you know it gets either the algorithm pushes it down or you get demonetized or the channel gets stopped or whatever. But these conversations need to be had because we are heading towards them. I personally feel we're heading towards a massive crisis economically, right? And which is why I looked into you guys, which is why I looked into Minted because I was like, I need find I need to find a company yeah. where I can hold my gold because you're not always going to keep it in the house because you don't want to get burgled or you don't want to get yeah, robbed. Yeah. And I want it to be somewhere where I can convert that thing into cash immediately because I don't, have to do, I don't have to do it myself. I don't have to walk into a shop and say, can you buy these gold bars off me? I want somebody who's got the mechanism yeah. that they can do that for me. And liquidity. that's why when I, when I spoke to your um, co-founder, I was asking him all the... I was drilling him, yeah. obviously not in a harsh way. I was asking him all the questions because I want to know... I'm absolutely convinced we've got an economic crisis coming because I've looked at the history mm-hmm. of civilizations where, that have relied on paper money. They always collapse. China was running on paper money like five, six hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and the French were doing it right. They always collapse. They always descend into uh, a dystopian nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to know: is your is yours a company that I can rely on in an economic crisis? I'm relatively convinced. If I'm completely honest with you, I still have. I'm still a little bit nervous. I still think, okay. If we have an all-out collapse tomorrow, are you going to be able to come? If I've got gold with you, are you guys going to be able to come to my rescue? I'm like, mm, I'm half and half about it. You tell me. Are you going to be able to come yeah. to my rescue? I mean, you know, we've put everything... Put it this way. First of all, um, from an FCA regulatory perspective, yeah. any funds are completely safeguarded um, and there are very strict controls in place um, to ensure that, um, as well as very regular reporting that we have to submit to the okay. FCA. Okay. Um, so that's from on one side. But at the same time, we also understand that, you know, people have different preferences and there isn't a, a one-size-fits-all solution. So this is why we give people the option to buy and get delivery immediately yeah. if they want so to. So keep it at your house. And they're, and you they're more to. comfortable doing that. You yeah. you can benefit from the exceptional rates and the, uh, and the much smoother user and, and buyer journey um, with Minted. Uh, and then get it delivered, and you can store it wherever you feel you know you're you're comfortable. Um, for other people, they 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 have that peace of mind where look, it's securely stored, and I can at any point in time request it to be delivered when and when I want it to. Um, and for some people, they just keep it in storage, and then um, they liquidate uh, the gold that they have uh, and convert it to cash, mm. which again will be um, safeguarded for them. Uh, in their safeguarding account until they request for it to be um, sent to their bank account, and that that's done very quickly as well. So but, all the but, options you know, are there. In an econo- when you have an economic crisis, right? Things start working. Internet can start working. Power can start working. Things that were the same before, you know, the goalposts move. A whole host of stuff moves. Yeah. In that situation, do you feel like? And I, so I'm not asking you from a regulatory point of view now, not mm-hmm. from an FS, FS. Is it FCA? Yeah. Yeah, FCA point of view. I'm asking you almost completely from a character point of view have you guys got the metal and I, I don't mean to kind of put you on the spot here but you guys that are running this company do you have the metal to look after us and no pun intended when i say metal i'm talking <laughs> yeah, metal, yeah. I know, I know. right do you have the metal to take care of us that can can you still pull through for us when we well, need you you know we we have independent um vaulting facilities okay. for a reason okay so that the, the supplier, for example, and and the vaulting facilities are, okay. are, are separate. Gives us a bit more control. Um, customers, when they buy their gold, as I said, we, you know, in the event of any kind of collapse, you know, yeah. we are absolutely committed to making sure that people um, get what's rightfully theirs. Can, There's can no I have doubt your about address? That. Where do you live? I need to know. <laughs> I want the address of all your co-founders. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> 
before we continue on this video, I just want to invite you to my Discord community. Look, the world has changed and it is changing still. And on my Discord, which is a simple mobile app that you can use, you can stay in touch with other like-minded people like me who are staying informed of the things that are happening around the world that are going to affect our daily lives very, very soon. So come and join me on my Discord community and let's grow together and let's navigate this changing world order together. <laughs> that, I think that, that would give me most trust. The thing is, that, you know, people are asking me because everybody's saying, you know, people come. It's not that people come to me for investment advice. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a financial advisor or anything, but people ask me, what are you doing? And I say, I'm doing this, this and this. And the first thing that I always say is I'm, I'm buying gold and I'm, I'm buying silver and gold I'm buying with minted. That's what I always say. I say, I say, okay, well, are you ordering it home or are you keeping it in the vault? And I say, no, I'm keeping it in the vault because I want to be able to convert it into cash. Yeah. When things go south, I, I don't want to be in a position where I'm, you know, and it's, I think when you have an economic collapse, you get a lot more anarchy, you know, you've got to worry about those kind of things. You do. But then at, at the same time, I mean, there, know, there is only so much that you can do, but yeah, when, when you've, put all the foreseeable kind of measures in place yeah. and you know you have that commitment to ensuring that you do everything in your power mm. that's that's all you yeah. can do ultimately yeah. right yeah. but if the world was to end tomorrow <laughs> you know yeah. there's nothing that you nothing can do you about can that do, yeah. but what i'm saying is that you know in in that event i want to be able to you know i want to be able to rely on the on your company and say okay you know what can yeah. you convert my gold yeah. to whatever currency is now uh, yeah. taking off? Can you convert it into that for me? And you know, but the thing is, you don't know if things are going to be operational. We could be having power cuts. You could be having internet issues. So maybe it's better to just have it at the home. But I'm like, okay, I want a bit of both. You know. Again, everyone needs to make their own, um, you know, decisions, right? Yeah. However, what I will say is, generally, um, when you have uh, global kind of events like this, there are precursors. Yeah. And they tend to build up over time. So it's not like everything just falls apart overnight. Mm, that's right? true. Um, the speed at which the whole world can be affected, can to be, be honest with fast, you, yeah. can be fast like we've seen with COVID. Yeah. Right? Like for me, the way that the whole world changed in such a short space of time was mm. a, a, a major eye-opener. But again, even that didn't happen overnight. It, it happened. <coughs> it kind very, of did and it kind of didn't. Yeah. But like the things that were put into place yeah. and then people, you know, yeah. it, it took, it took yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, so... You know, ultimately, if people feel that it's imminent, then get your gold delivered when you when you mm. when you buy it straight away. Mm. Don't keep it stored, mm. right? Mm. Um, if you feel that that is the biggest risk, yeah. if you feel that you know um, things are for the foreseeable future are going to be okay, you can keep it stored. Yeah. Um, the physical metal, you know, that you buy mm. will be there, um, and then you can liquidate it, or uh, you can request delivery at that point in time. Um, so we've kind of thought about the different scenarios and what people would prefer and and given all those options to people so it's ultimately down to them at the end of the day okay. what they're comfortable with okay so going back to this <clears throat> this uh, conversation about currency let's say let's say the currency this currency crashes right what do you what do you i'm not asking for investment advice or diversification advice just gen, genuinely just want to know your yeah. opinion what do you think um, is going to be the new dominant currency that's out there. And and uh, in asking that question, have you heard about this whole BRICS business? I have. Okay. Uh, and I know that there Is are... that from me? Uh, I mean, I've heard it from you, but I, I'm also okay. familiar with, with, with BRICS. And I also understand that there are more and more countries lining up to become yeah. partner members. Yeah. Um, you know, including, for example, Saudians and, and yeah. you know, other countries. So... Um, and you know they're planning to back this currency by gold. So just just for the audience, basically the uh, BRICS is Brazil, Russia, um, India, China, 
Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. South Africa yeah. They've now got other countries that are uh, asking to become members of this. I don't know what it's called. Is it called an organization or a collaboration or institution, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And they want to be part of it. I think something like 83 countries have now signed up or applied for membership, which accounts for just under 50% of the world's trade. And this BRICS partnership, they are yep. planning to launch a new currency, which will then be partially backed by gold, silver, and a handful of other commodities. Mm-hmm. So that currency will likely not be inflationary. What do you think to that? I think if they can uh, provide practical solutions with money that's backed by something, by something, it's definitely a, a you know a way forward in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, let's see how how things go. Obviously. Um, you know the the, vol- the the dollar is devaluing; it's losing mm. value. There is no sane person that will tell you otherwise. The facts are there, you know, plain and simple. And it's de- devaluing at a much much faster pace in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And so the, and so too then uh, everything else that goes with it: the pound, euro. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So look, I don't think there's any. You know, most people, um, apart from the people with vested interests and so on, most people would be up for. Um, something that's more stable, something that makes more sense economically, um, and something that still delivers <coughs> on the practicalities and the convenience that you know the current monetary system um, provides. Um, obviously, if you're going to back with any kind of metals, uh, there's a whole operation, logistical operation that has to you know uh, be looked at there. And then there's, you know, from a supply perspective of, you know, a security and storage perspective, um, an audit, auditory perspective, like mm. there are mm. new factors that you'd need to consider. Mm. But just because you've got to do something a little bit differently, doesn't mean that, you know, it's something it can't that be done, can't yeah. be done. But right? it, that also speaks to the present economic system where none of that is actually taking place because you're just printing money out of thin air. So there is nothing to audit. There is nothing to regulate, really. You just keep printing more money. I mean, that's in the, the public domain. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... You know, a, a Mini Cooper in 1967 was like uh, $800 or $1,000. And now a Mini Cooper is $30,000. And yeah. they say, well, yeah, but it, the Mini Cooper of today has cruise control and it has ABS and it has power steering. Like, yeah, but it doesn't have... 3,000% more yeah. worth of uh, features and things. in Because it's a 3,000% increase. Just look at, for example, the house is the same house. Yeah. 50 years ago. This is what it's I the same house, there, right? There's, there's, there's a, on my street, there, um, there's plenty of houses on my street. So where right. I live, on my street, right? Because there's a lot of old people that live in there. And I know I'm not having to go at old people. But they haven't, and you know, the kids have moved out and they're just living there on their own and they're just kind of in retirement age. Mm-hmm. So you look at these houses... They've had nothing done with them at all. I mean, I mean, right down to like carpets haven't been changed, curtains haven't been changed, mm. same sofa, windows have nothing's been done to that house unless something's died in the house, like a boiler's died and it needs upgrading or whatever. Houses haven't these houses haven't been touched. They've got heating systems that are 30, 40 years old, right? So uh and the 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 house has gotten grimier on the outside or whatever. So there's literally been no value add to this house, mm-hmm. right? And the same that those houses have gone from so that house on on my street for example 1982 1983 that house was 62,000 pounds today it's 550,000 pounds wow. but what's that, what um there's no actual improve imp, in increase in quality in the house so what's the cause of that increase in price well, the pound back then and the pound today is That's worth... It. It's, it's not house prices. It's yeah. not as in, oh, a real estate is a really good investment because it's not. As in, the, that, that investment only works because of inflation. If inflation changed, if we went back to a, if we went to a world 
in which you were, uh, you know, if you had money that was backed by gold and silver, mm-hmm. house prices would stop going up. Because over time, that house is actually depreciating in quality. I mean, you can't ignore um, supply and demand factors. Yeah, so, like, as the course. population increases yeah, and there's course, a need for course. it, so that yeah. there will be an element of yeah, that. But it won't extent. be to the same, yeah, it wouldn't be to the same level. A 10% increase, a 20% increase, not a 3,000%. You know, like a, a, a tank of fuel in 1929, I think it was, right? A full tank of fuel was $3. And today it's about $100, right? And so that's a 3,000% increase. Has fuel increased by 3,000% in quality? No. It's what? 10% more efficient? 50%? Yeah. Maximum, it's 100% more efficient. So that means it should cost you $6 to buy to mm-hmm. for a full tank of fuel. Not just that, but the extraction process has become yeah. a lot more efficient and yeah. cost-effective than it was back then. Are there 3,000% more efficient? Oh, yeah. So that gives you so, I mean, of scale. Yeah, exactly, right? And, and, and the, yeah... The number of barrels being produced compared to yeah. back then, yeah. So it should actually be cheaper. You'd think so. Yeah. So that yeah. that's a reflection of uh, how much it actually, you know, how yeah. much the the pound or the dollar is devalued. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, but I would love to live in a world where you can, you know, I mean, I think uh, you must have seen these studies of like how houses uh, priced in gold. So I think now it's like 150 ounces. I think it is to buy it to buy a house 150 ounces of gold buys you a house something like that i can't remember what the exact figure is and that number has actually been coming down so i think it went up to i think in 2011 it went up to like 160 ounces and it's now heading back towards 100 ounces of gold okay so in terms of gold house prices are actually getting cheaper that's interesting and they've been getting cheap and they've actually that that's actually um i don't know what the right term would be but it's actually decelerated at a faster rate so we're we're getting to the point where it's is that is that because of the rising value of gold in the market, or what what would be the so so if if you if you if you if you're saying gold is uh, uh, real money, so yeah, if yeah. you're saying gold is real terms, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then in real terms, house prices are coming down because gold is real money. So against real money, they're actually coming down in uh, in price. Yeah, and the only reason it's going up in price nominally is because the dollar is devaluing or the pound is devaluing. So it's not that the gold is gold is going up in price because it's taking more pounds or more dollars to, to for each, to buy each ounce of gold, but the gold isn't actually moving. Yeah, it's it, that all of that variation is taking place because of what's happening to the to the to the fiat currency to the pound and the dollar. That's what's causing these massive fluctuations. But in real terms, house prices are actually less than they were um, ten years ago. And you can do the same comparison with um, somebody actually did this with uh, a. Um, a McDonald's cheeseburger, I think it was mm-hmm. cheeseburger or a hamburger, because that's also known as a constant uh, because it's a physical thing. And they measured uh, how many, che- I think it was cheeseburgers, how many McDonald's cheeseburgers did it cost to uh, buy a house in like 2006 or like 1995 and then 2005 and then 2010 and, and now. And again, it takes less cheeseburgers to buy a house now than it did 10 years ago. So in real terms, house prices are actually coming down. Ultimately, in many cases, even if you use gold as a medium of exchange, eventually it gets converted back into fiat at some yeah. point right yeah. in, the, in, in the chain. Um, so with gold appreciating in value over time, yeah. maybe, well, at a higher rate than inflation, yeah. for example, in yeah. the last year, yeah. right? Um, that may be what... what 
could be contributing yes, to the, so much money because the inflation figures that you're talking about are the official inflation figures are based on the cpi yeah which is the consumer price index and they they only do that based on just a handful of goods that they track yeah, yeah. they don't actually track house because if they were tracking actual i read it i looked into it they don't actually track the track um you know the, there's a category that says housing right mm -hmm. so you think that means house prices it's not what it means what it means is um uh has the cost of running a household yeah. gone up or down and then even then it's based on certain metrics mm. but it doesn't actually track actual house if you tracked inflation based on actual house prices a hell of a lot more. it would be like 50 yeah. percent. they don't do that so these are all mathematical manipulations right yeah yeah so um yeah so based on that i'm i'm, I'm not convinced that we've got a lack of inventory or, that, or that's what's going on and look if you if you're going if you're if you're buying a house in 2010 and you're saying right i want to buy this house from you he's 160 ounces of gold for me to have this house or whatever that figure mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. and then today you're saying i want th this same house he has 120 ounces of gold and that you can buy th that means okay this has come down in value okay so the the counter argument is uh, what i was trying to get to earlier on is is it because let's just say um the amount of gold this house is 200k yeah. Right. The amount of in, in in money. Yeah, in money. In uh, fiat currency. In yeah. fiat currency, the amount of gold that I need to raise that 200k because yeah. gold is appreciated in value is yeah. now less gold. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that yes, the house yes, has yes. gone down. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact that it gold takes is less gold. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That. So th I am saying that, but also what I'm also saying is if you if you say gold is the actual real money because fiat currency is just made out of thin air. Yeah. And if you're saying gold is actual money, God's money, real money, then mm -hmm. in terms of real money. It's yeah, yeah. House, houses point. are cheaper. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they're actually not gone up in price. So then, therefore, that they're not a good investment. They're yeah. not a good investment either. Like, you know, everybody says real estate is the ultimate. You can't go wrong with real estate. That's actually not true. Or holding that cash, yeah, instead of holding gold, may yeah. not be the best idea, right? If you if you were to hold, if I had held a hundred thousand pounds worth of silver in in the year two thousand, today yeah. that same hundred thousand pounds worth of silver would be worth uh 500,000 yeah. right so it's worth half a million but uh, but people say okay well you could do the same thing with the house if you had if you bought a house for 100,000 pounds in the year 2000 today mm -hmm. it would be worth 500,000 and I say that's not entirely true in some cases it is yeah 100,000 pound property in London today probably would yeah I mean you know the flat that I was living in London that flat in 2000 probably would have been about say 75k and today that would be worth about say four fifty. Mm -hmm. So it's about. But if you go to a place where I grew up, like Rotherham, for example, right? You bought a house for hundred thousand pound in two thousand. Today that would be worth hundred fifty. Oh wow! Okay. It, they haven't moved. Mm. Or maybe okay, maximum two hundred k. They haven't moved. Interesting. So that's a lot more variable, whereas gold and silver is not. It doesn't vary in the same way. Yeah, no, I can see both sides of the argument. Um, yeah. I just think that... Because you're being diplomatic, that's why. <laughs> no, I mean, look, we've got... Uh, there is a track record for gold and for silver. That's yeah. indisputable. Yeah. Um, and if you compare it against the inflation figures... Uh, but you can compare it against the stock market. Yeah. I know, but people say, okay, well, you could put 20K if you put 20K into Tesla in 2008. Today, that's worth yeah. like 2 million. Yeah. You can't yeah. do that with gold and silver. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, but hold it for long yeah. enough. And it, it goes back from 2 million back to 100K. Yeah, gold never yeah. goes backwards. Yeah, there are fluctuations, but ultimately there'll always be a point of uh, you know where it's there's a maximum it's, it's point. An, and yeah. then you, you know, same thing with like yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. It, you you have to know when to sell it. The, see, the, the thing, the conversation here is not 
um, necessarily that you see gold in the same light as in an investment. Yeah, it's, I've uh, always said wealth preservation. Wealth preservation, hedge against inflation. Yeah, uh, and this is why, like, a lot of investment um, uh, firms or, or even you know, like advisors generally, they'll always advocate diversifying. Yeah, and they'll always, or in the vast majority of cases, they would suggest putting, you know. Five to ten percent mm. of your wealth into precious metals. Yeah, um, a lot of the times in, because in, it has a negative um, correlation yeah, yeah. with uh, yeah. stocks, for example. Yeah, or at investment least, uh, is low... designed to be a multiplier, though, isn't it? Investment is. Yeah. I want to put a hundred dollars into something. I want to be able to pull out one fifty or two hundred. Yeah. But I've never, I've never tried to have this conversation with gold and silver. I'm not, I'm not saying gold and silver is supposed to be an investment. That is. If the banks fail, if if you if you know if you get inflationary effects, macroeconomic yeah. inflationary effects, you need something. It's a safeguard. Yeah, you need something that can preserve your wealth because what's the point of you working? In, it's not even nine to five anymore. Most people work seven to seven now. The reality is, you work. Most people are not working twenty five hours a week. They're working forty. Uh, sorry, not forty hours a week. Most people are working fifty, sixty hours a week in reality now, mm-hmm. right? Even if they don't want to. What's the point of all that blood and sweat and all that hard work that you've done? That even if you put that in the cash in the bank, it, it doesn't store that value for you. Yeah. It's not storing it. Investment is a separate conversation. Yeah. So investment, yeah, okay, there's, there's probably loads of things out there that, that you could uh, invest in and it could multiply your, your wealth, which I'm not an expert in. 100%. And I think um, beyond just the individual organizations and, uh, for example, charities uh, you know, are sitting on considerable um, cash reserves that you yeah. know that they will spend over time on projects and so on but that money um, and significant money is being devalued yeah. just because it's being it's sitting in yeah. bank accounts so what's the point of multiplying it when you can't even safeguard what you've already got this is the key thing so they need to have a strategy that factors this into account you and know this there's, is, a, there's actually sorry there's you know there's actual celebrities that are out there that have uh, well-known celebrities that some of these banking collapses actually really put them into some serious trouble yeah, because their money was stored in a bank yeah, that went yeah, and collapsed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the point of all this fame and all this hard work you've done with the movies and all this stuff that you've done? And then that's like saying, well, I had some, I had some chairs at the house and I had some, I had a dining table and some carpets. And then after ten years, they just turned into dust. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you actually remind me of a key point here. So, uh, the money in your account is guaranteed or insured up to a certain amount. I think it's 80-something yeah, K, K, right? yeah. K in the UK. Um, so <coughs> if you've got a million in that account and then the bank collapses, you're potentially only getting back 83K. It's just completely screwed. Right? So people need to understand that actually leaving their, their, their money in the bank, not only does it devalue because of inflation, but there is also a risk of potentially, if there was a banking collapse, Losing the vast majority of what they've got, or at least what what exceeds yeah. the the threshold or that, yeah. that eighty three thousand um, pounds. So that's an additional risk that they need mm. to mm. be aware of. Yeah. But if somebody had a uh, hundred a hundred grand's worth of gold with you, and we have an economic collapse, where do they stand? The gold is the they gold, still have, and they have ownership of the gold. They still have all. So if they had uh, say a hundred grand, I don't know how much that is, but that's probably like say two kilos. Roughly. Oh, it's two kilos. Okay. Yeah. So if they have two kilos of gold with you. We have an economic collapse. What happens to that two kilos? When they buy the gold with us, yeah. they own the gold. Yeah. So we're simply custodians, but it's so not on still, the company. They still have the two kilos of gold, Exactly, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. that's what and I'm saying. And wherever you go in the world, that's of value. Um, yeah. And I, I saw social experiments where people had like 
a bar of gold and they had a mission like to travel to another country or whatever it is and yeah. they were able to actually go to an estate agent or not everyone would say yes yeah but people actually accepted that as uh, yeah. as a means I don't know. of exchange. I've seen this with silver as well. You'll you'll find that there's a lot of places you can go. You can say to somebody, "Can I give you this silver coin for this?" And they're like, "Yeah, all right then." Whereas if you give them like Pakistani rupees, they'll just look at it and go, oh, "No," mm. you know. Yeah. I remember when I was in Dubai, uh, when I was doing my book launch in Dubai, 2016. You remember when Brexit hit? Yeah. Brexit, I think, had just hit that year. I think um, I can't remember now. Um, and uh, uh, I remember like when I went when I went to Dubai about like a decade before I think I went to like Saudi or something about 10-15 years before and I remember my dad used to have this thing you get a taxi driver or whatever he, do, he does a nice job for you or you go into mm-hmm. a restaurant they do a nice job for you he would slip them like another fiver uh, five pounds right yeah. and they would just light up because the pound was worth so much then yeah. I tried to do the same thing in this taxi in Dubai I slipped him another fiver he just looked at it and he went he just kind of just what's this and he just threw it back in my face I was just so shocked because it's not worth anything they actually considered it an insult and I just thought it was so embarrassing because I I hadn't actually thought of that I didn't even think about it right I would have actually been better off giving him I don't know five five dirhams or something something, There there are a lot of people out there that will basically object to what I'm saying so if I say look there's an economic collapse coming there's a banking crisis that's on its way yeah there's um we could get uh, go back to a life in in, in which we, you have barter or whatever okay. there's all these things that are going to happen okay yeah when i'm saying that right yeah. i'm generally getting two responses two types of responses yeah one is either um just a just a the, you know it, it's just kind of a, a blank stare right which is which is kind of what you're alluding to that look you, you you've been studying this you've been looking into this and everything so you can't expect them to understand at the same level yeah. of you people have to go through uh, they have to know, go through that step, same process yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that i don't have process. an issue with mm-hmm. per se mm-hmm. as long as they are open to that conversation right yeah and but those conversations have been very few very small so i've had conversations with some people and and it's kind of it's maybe planted a seed in their mind it's triggered a little something right with them but on the whole, what's actually happened is flat-out resistance. And it's not just flat-out resistance. It's all, it, I, people have even gone far as saying to me, what you're doing is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? You need to stop telling people that we've got a collapse coming because you're frightening people or because you are, um, uh, you're misguiding people or... I can't okay. even remember because okay. just yeah. obviously I blank it out of my mind because it, you know and and basically they've tried to stop me from saying what I'm saying. I right? understand. Yeah. So I I'm feeling like a lone voice over here is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like you know I'm there. I know there are some other voices that are yeah. saying these things. There are there's some ulama as because you know I, I know you spoke to Sheikh Umar of a dealer right. It's people mm-hmm. like him. He will speak very openly about this. Yeah. Yeah. And he will speak with a lot more force and a lot more courage than 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 i could do and more bold and actually be even more articulate than i can be right Mm -hmm. he says it with a lot more authority and with a lot more majesty that he will say that you've spoken to him you've seen what he's like um but when he speaks it's also very profound and it's actually and this is not criticism of him but it's actually difficult for somebody to actually be able to break that down what he's saying because it's actually a very profound you know you have to sit with it it's very heavy right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My job has been, for me, has been to just kind of make it a bit more digestible. Karam, I understand 
um, the message and yeah. I understand the thought process behind um, your message. But I also understand how it can be a lot for people to grasp. And generally people will deny something that they don't understand or they'll be averse to it. Right. So if I don't, people feel what they don't know. Right. Now, if people are struggling, the average person might be struggling um, to understand the concept of inflation and devaluation of currency and how that impacts their day to day life. You know, if they if they're struggling with that, just a concept like that, how can we expect them to understand, you know, something that's a lot more detailed and and also the fact that you've reached a certain point now, but that's come from research and whole educational process. People need to go through that educational process. And as I said, the educational system itself doesn't really teach us about how to make money, how money works. Mm. That's a fundamental flaw in the system itself, mm. right? So that's really where we should kind of <coughs> focus on. But at the same time, when we're talking about a financial crisis, an impending financial crisis, are we not already in crisis in the sense that like have banks, major banks not collapsed already? That's what are I'm we saying. not facing hyperinflation and, and high levels of inflation globally? You know, um, like food shortages around the world and people like there's already a crisis. I guess the only differences of opinion, nobody could say we're not in a crisis. It's just the extent of that crisis. And what is the fallout? And what what direction is it taking? Is it going to get worse or is it going to get better? That's right. And you'll have different uh, kind of, uh, you know, opinions depending on where you sit and your perspective uh, and your worldview. But um, the reality is it can either get better or it can get worse. There are, there's no two ways about it, right? So as someone that kind of takes an objective opinion to things, I always think, okay, look, no matter how improbable something is, if it's possible, we should look at that possibility and plan for it. It might be your plan B, C, D, or even E. It doesn't really matter. However, don't be oblivious to it and don't get caught off guard. Right, and for me, really, when I when I when that really kind of um, sat with me, and and I uh, is you know the events of the last few years, right, and how the whole world changed uh, in the space of months. You know, freedoms were restricted, and we were not able to go about our day to day lives, right, and how quickly that affected the whole world, and imposed certain uh, restrictions on the whole world collectively in such a short space of time. For me, I thought. Like that was a real eye-opening kind of um, uh, event, and 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 had anyone told you about this, they'd be thinking like you're talking about some sci-fi film that will never ever materialize. Yet it happened, and we all lived through it. So we know that from this experience that no matter how improbable things are, if there's a possibility, try to understand it, and then where you can try to take mitigating um, kind of steps to soften the blow if it was ever to come to that. Now we hope that it, you know things don't. Uh, deteriorate and things improve over time but at the same time um, coming back to the point about you know empires you know falling uh, that's that's a fact of life Um, and as I was saying uh, to you earlier uh, one of the videos that I watched um, for Ray Dalio talks about the the rise and declines of empires illustrates it in a very very good way with you know historical kind of facts so you can actually visualize it and understand it and i think the key thing is to uh, for people to understand that this is part and parcel you know the empires have come and they've gone the current empires won't be here you know in, in a certain period of time however long that is or however short that is we don't know right but there are always warning signs when an empire is in decline or when a system is in decline 
Now, even if an empire collapses or a system collapses, the key thing here is that the world doesn't end. Like how many systems and how many empires have collapsed? How many monetary systems have come and gone? How many you know world powers have come and and, and gone and, and and powers transitioned over to 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 an emerging kind of superpower? Um, if if you look at the facts, you'll see that we are probably in a transitionary period right now, just purely based on historical um, science. Yeah, and again, uh, for people, I would strongly recommend watching Ray Dalio's um, video on this. Uh, with that being said, the people that are best off are the people that see the signs and take steps um, to put themselves in a good position so that when a transition does happen, they're not walking into something blindly and then have to react. They've planned for it, right? So what I would say generally is, look, um, you know, in terms of from a financial perspective, you know, even the leading investment advisors will, will always suggest that you hold some of your wealth in precious metals, whether it's to offset their, you know, the effects of inflation, whether it's to preserve your wealth or whatever it is, you know, as long as you're not looking at it as a short-term profit-making kind of transaction, physical gold is not the, 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 the medium for that, I don't believe, um, then, you know, it's always a good strategy. Gold has a proven uh, track record for increasing in, in, in value over time. Yes, there are fluctuations. Sometimes there are dips, but it's not as volatile as, um, you know, other uh, asset classes or, for example, like like, like crypto. Um, so you want to make sure that you diversify and you have a mixed bag as opposed to putting all of your eggs in, 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 into one basket. So, you know, it's not it's not alarmist. I think how we how we convey a message and to the extent of which the fallout is there, you know, that's subject to interpretation and discussion. But we we need to understand that. These but are, you do. Uh, I mean, you you've said it now already. You do feel like we are we are going to get an all out. You can, you're you're feeling it as well. I I feel that um, the current kind of banking collapses. Recently, we had SVB and you know a few other uh, you know banks and 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 the, like. There are so many factors you know whether it's the the war in ukraine whether it's you know like uh fiscal policy there's so many different things that are coming into play um and when you've got so many macro factors kind of uh, converging together in a very short time frame it doesn't look it doesn't look promising put it that way right um now how much people want to look into that or you know uh, that's really down to the individual yeah i think look the 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 I mean, I'm probably coming from a frustrated point of view anyway, right? But the, because the conversation is not allowed to progress, because I get met with a lot of objections, almost like a face to the hand kind of thing, right? Yeah. Or a hand to the face of whatever you want to say. Um, I think if people were to continue the conversation with me, very, very few people have con continued the conversation with me. I'm because what they tend to send it's almost like projection you know i'm saying certain things it's triggering it's very triggering it's saying certain yeah. things it's making them very nervous okay we're gonna have an all-out economic collapse how am i gonna feed my children and all this kind of stuff right and how we're, how we're gonna keep ourselves warm in winter and all these kind of things mm -hmm. the point that I, I the point that i'm trying to get that conversation to is an empire collapsing the western empire collapsing does not mean the collapse of your life because yeah. there will be a new empire that will emerge. And I'm actually quite interested in that new empire. And that's what people cannot reconcile. That's what, that's what they struggle with, right? Yeah. Um, it's, Which is normal, right? Because yeah. people, like, if they don't understand something or if, if you're challenging their sense of normality, they fear the unknown. 
Yeah, but that, that's, that's also where I'm, that's where I'm also kind of referring to the Stockholm syndrome as well. Is if you if you have grown up in a house and you have an abusive parent, yeah, yeah, but you're used to it and you know it. You you you're used to it and you know it, and you probably you when you're in when you're Stockholm syndrome, you don't necessarily understand the extent of the abuse. You don't actually understand. Sympathize in most yeah, because cases, you can yeah. sympathize with it. You could justify it. You can um, you can rationalize it. Yeah, you don't actually know how much you've been violated, so you're actually not even angry. Mm. But when you get out of that situation and you go into a new situation, if you get even a little bit of love, yeah, and you get no abuse, suddenly you start to see the contrast, and suddenly you are then angry about how much you were violated, and you're angry at yourself about how much you were um, uh, how much you were violated, and th- and I think I end up inadvertently, probably not even inadvertently, it's probably quite intentional. I don't mean to uh, in, in, to trigger people, but I am trying to I am trying to get people to think. Is I'm creating that kind of. So what? Okay, if you, if you feel that that's on the cards yeah. and it's coming, what's your key message? Is it um, start to take steps uh, to preserve your wealth and through through gold or yeah, yeah. what? What, Look, what is it that I, you're advising? I, I, so again, I'm not, same as you. I'm not. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Any, you know, I have my own financial experience and everything. Yeah. I have genuinely been saying to, you know, because like my, if I do a post on Facebook, uh, I've got about 3,000 followers. I'm going to get about 200 people that are going to see that or, in, or engage with that in some way. And I've been constantly saying, you need gold. And I've, been, I've actually been saying to people, store it with Minted because if you, if you don't want to keep it at home, you can, you can keep it with the vault and they can convert it into cash for you. And if, if you don't want them to hold it for you for whatever reason, mm-hmm. then, then order it to your house. But at least you own it legally. Yeah. I have been saying that to them, right? And um, but I'm also saying that I'm not afraid because you know, the, as far as I'm concerned, this this new whole BRICS collaboration, that's the new world order. It's a new multipolar world order, right? Mm-hmm. Brazil, Russia, China, India, South Africa. This this is this is where we're headed. I think China and Russia are gonna 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 lead that charge. But you always get this resistance. I don't want to live in a communist world. Well, we already live in a communist world. You just don't know it. The central bank digital currencies that are coming. Right, this centralized banking system that we're going to get, this dystopian world of surveillance and everything that we're living in, we're already living in a communist world and it's only going to get worse. We are living in a fascist society already and we're descending into that further, but all the fingers are being pointed at China. China's not actually been half as bad as what the, the way the West is behaving, right? And then this idea that, well, the, uh, the, this China's this little devil or China and Russia, they're not capable of leading us into the new world order. They've already proven that they're technologically advanced than, than what the West is. But I'm saying stop being afraid of it. I'm not saying that they don't have tyranny of their own. I'm not saying that at all. Whatever, whatever they're doing politically or whatever, all nation states have their own tyranny. I'm not saying that they don't have tyranny. What I'm saying is there's no stopping that world that's coming. And there's no, pretend, there's no point in pretending or holding on to this, this previous world that's been violating us and saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend it to death because it's been violating you. I've- Okay, you know, in terms of people defending it, yeah, <clears throat> that's neither here nor there in the sense that it can't prevent what True. potentially will be coming, True. right? So it really d- does not matter. Whether people want to accept that it's a possibility of a transition and take steps, that's, that's down to them, right? Um, and, and the more educated they become on the subject, they'll see that, look, just like everything in life, don't put all of your eggs in, into one basket, whether it's investments or whether it's, you know, mm. um, and, and be mature enough to be able to 
uh, objectively take a look at something, right? And in most cases, you'll always find that the truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm. People on one side are quite extreme in their in their views, and on the other side, mm. a- again, it can be quite quite extreme. And the truth is somewhere, you know, in in the middle. And you've got to try and and, and understand that. Um, however, I don't think that people are scared of a new system. I think that people are worried about the transition period because that's where the conflict happens. Right. That's a fact. Mm. Again, just going back to the videos that we were talking about, as one declines and the other one's on the rise, mm. at that intersection, that's the area of yeah. conflict. And yeah, that's true. I mean, even in history with the Mongols and the Ottomans and all that. Right? Yeah. So, okay, so, that I agree with. To be honest, even I'm nervous about that because you and, don't know what that's going to look like. And, and no system or empire is perfect. Yeah. No system. Like no, every no. every no. empire committed atrocities. Yeah, atrocity, yeah. No, right? I'm not denying that at all. So, so I think when it becomes the, the new norm, people are going to be comfortable with it but yeah. from that period to that period mm. there's going to be a lot of um there's going to be some difficult times yeah okay but we have your company to help us right we've got we can rely on you and you're saying you've got this business offering now where effectively yeah. a, a business can effectively use you as a bank account in the sense that they can store gold with you right yeah. and then they and they can have their the, the money that's in their business they can have that stored in in gold and they can convert it back to cash when they need it which i think is fantastic for businesses uh, absolutely so look i mean um mint has taken a strategic shift uh, not a shift uh, we we carry on doing what we're doing but on top of that what we've done is we've built a, a brand new b2b offering so this is for businesses organizations charities mm. and so on um so we developed a suite of different um, kind of products to specifically serve certain use cases and ultimately ties in with our vision of making um, you know, precious metals, simple, safe, and affordable for mm. for the masses, right? So, um, one of the products that we have is uh, called Minted Connect, where a platform is able to, uh, or another financial app, let's just say, for example, they're able to plug in with us and immediately offer metals mm. to their end customers. Mm. Their customers are now able to benefit from all you know the value adds that Minted provides, including great rates and free storage and so on. Um, and then the platform themselves have a brand new revenue stream. They've diversified their product portfolio. They've differentiated from competitors. So it puts them in a, in a good position. And we're, uh, with Minted, we're able to reach a, a larger audience that way and um, mm. you know, be able to facilitate things and add value from that perspective. Then we understood that there are some businesses, companies, charities that are sitting on large cash reserves. You're talking about millions um, who have suffered greatly from the uh, devaluation of currency through inflation. And we basically developed a product um, to allow them to be able to manage their cash reserves and be able to buy into metals and very easily, very quickly be able to liquidate into cash whenever they want to. Mm. So then this way it helps them offset the, the, you know, the effects of inflation and not lose. For example, imagine a charity now, they collected a million and it was sitting in the, until it starts to get distributed and and, and projects to be implemented. Let's just say over a year, it's devalued by a hundred thousand (laughs) pounds. If they'd invested that into gold, uh, it would have been 1.1 million pounds equivalent yeah. Yeah, today yeah, yeah, if they yeah. liquidated it yeah. today. So because you're doing all that hard work and it's just it's just kind of evaporating. Absolute, and it's a responsibility, it's a moral yeah. responsibility, yeah, yeah. right? Especially for them Muslim to have a strategy yeah. to offset this. And you know, it doesn't look like things are slowing down too much anytime soon. Uh, we've had a slight um, decrease in the pace of inflation, but inflation is a given. It's just yeah. what is the rate for yeah. that year? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. And then there's also uh, a, another um, product that we're developing called Employee Connect. And what that allows people to do um, is to be able to pay their employees uh. salaries 
or bonuses in gold if they want to. Amazing. So we're having um, you know conversations right now with a very large. Uh, I can't wait till you do this internationally. Then I'll I'll pay my video editor in gold. <laughs> so already on the mobile app that we have, uh, you can already transfer gold and silver to uh, in- individuals. Okay. Uh, so I can transfer cash to you, gold or silver, via the, the. So if I owe you money or you owe me money, I can just send you gold instead. But can I do that internationally? Uh, yes, you can. 